Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Giving Hope Podcast. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Joy. On this episode, we get into some real depths of ministry and what it means to be called and just our testimony and just really great conversation. I hope you enjoy this new episode, Hope with Dr. Joy Green. Well, welcome to the Giving Hope Podcast. (laughs) I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for reaching out and inviting me. Yes, of course. I love um, being able to, and I've said this before, um, connect with so many different women across the nation, some across the world, right. that and to hear their stories of what God's done in their life and the ministry mm-hmm. that he's placed on their hearts. And I just think it's so cool how much we have in common. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, we have Jesus in common, sure. But yes, but for the most part, like our stories, it just seems like so many we've come to get us to this point of ministry. It just seems like we have, we are so connected our stories to get us to this point where we're like, you know what I need to share. I need to get this out. Um, So I think it's, it's been really cool. So uh, I I caught a few of your um, Instagram stories and that's what I think, I don't remember who our mutual friend is or follower or whoever. Right. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, Oh my gosh, I really love what you're doing. And I love that your name is joy. And then then you teach on joy and, 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 and finding joy. And, um, but before we get into all that, let's let everybody get to know you a little bit and just start from the beginning. Um, where are you from? All the stuff. It could be as long or as short as you want to say, but um, just so we can get to know you. And so people, whenever they follow you, because usually that's what happens after these podcasts, mm. you'll get you'll get a few followers. And um, but just so they can get to know you and know your heart and where you're coming from. Yeah. Well, so I am a Carolina girl. Awesome. Yeah, I'm from North Carolina. I also went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill for pharmacy school. So definitely a Tar Heel in my in my heart. (laughs) Um, I am from a really small town outside Mm -hmm. of Charlotte. It's about an hour from Charlotte. And I married my high school sweetheart. So I know we met when I was 14. I could not even, I know I couldn't even car date. My parents would not even (laughs) let me go off in a car with this boy. He could come to my house. I know Um, he could come to my house. He was 16. I was 14 and I was almost 15. My mom likes to remind me that um, I was almost 15. (laughs) And so we could house date and that type of thing. But we dated for eight years. We went to different colleges. He played college baseball, of course, I went to pharmacy school and mm. then we got married and we have a couple of kiddos. My daughter is actually 18. It's hard to believe. Oh, wow. I know we just visited a college this weekend for her. And then my oh. son is almost 16. He is a Valentine's baby. So oh. he is almost 16. And mm-hmm. we we um, built our dream house on the family farm and Life was good. Yeah. yeah. And then God moved us to Tennessee. So we sold everything (laughs) and moved. And in Tennessee is where Joy Time started. Okay. Radio podcast that I do. And then God moved us back to North Carolina. And now we live in more of the high point area of North Carolina. Yep. And I I was saved at a pretty young age. I I was nine years old. I went to a really small Baptist church of about 85 people the sweetest place to grow up and, you know, just love the Lord as much as you can as a child and um, Mm -hmm. continued to try to live for him. Certainly made a lot of mistakes along the way, but it wasn't until my twenties, like my mid twenties that I got very, very serious about my walk with him and Mm -hmm. began to really dig into my Bible more, began to plug into more Bible studies, really began to feel this fire that he had just placed into my bones, I like to say, um, yeah. for his word and for encouragement. So my spiritual gift is exhortation and nice. teaching. And so mm-hmm. he just placed this fire inside of me to be able to encourage women in their walk with him and encourage them to love him better, encourage them 
to fight for their marriages, encourage yes. them to know that none of us are, are living a perfect life here, but we do serve a perfect Savior. And, and he enables us and equips us. And so that's just kind of a nutshell of, I guess, a little bit of my path with marriage and kiddos and mm-hmm. ministry. And then, of course, I work as a pharmacy professor. My job is actually I'm an assistant dean um, at oh, wow. pharmacy school. And so I help run a pharmacy school and I've helped start three new schools of pharmacy in a couple oh, of wow. states. Yeah. So awesome. I have I have this kind of cool thing going on in my in my job. And mm. balancing it all is is a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. And then you still do um your podcast and yes. So yeah. Joy Time is a one minute radio segment. So unlike traditional podcasts where mm-hmm. you have an app and you listen to a, you know, 15 minute, 30 minute, one hour podcast, Joy Time mm-hmm. is a one minute little segment and okay. it airs on a little over 150 radio stations, really worldwide, mm-hmm. which is really kind of cool for me because I'm yeah. able to have Joy Time in India, different countries. It airs oh, wow. all across the West Coast. And I'm soon going to be partnering with a radio syndication media platform and Joy Time's going to be able to be a little bit revamped and hopefully uh-huh. reach a lot more radio stations across the country. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. That's yeah. always, I, I, I love how um, first that those doors get opened for us to be able to reach out to people that in our own little town, our own little circle, you could just see God's hand in it. He was like, yeah, I want people, I need people, more people too. Was it just like this? Did you seek it out or did it find you? Mm. Yeah, I can give you a little bit more detail about that. So in my mid to late twenties, like I mentioned, you know, I just really got on fire for the Lord. And mm-hmm. I ended up at our church, at our small church, we had an interim pastor and his wife, they had just started at our church to help us in a pastoral um, transition. She offered a Bible study on Sunday evenings. Now, our church, we just didn't do a lot of discipleship. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we had, yes, we, had we had Sunday school yeah. and we had worship, but that was about it. We just didn't have yeah, a lot of discipleship yeah. programs. So when she brought that to our church, it was kind of new for us. And it was actually um, a Beth Moore Bible study on the book of John. And so oh, I yeah. decided to plug into that, even though I'd never done anything like that before. And through that Bible study was the first time I realized that women actually had a place in discipleship and encouragement. And I was so mm-hmm. blown away by that. And I believe that through that experience, God began to show me that he wanted me to be involved in more discipleship and more encouragement and using the spiritual gift of exhortation in a more Um, intentional way, I guess. So I I began to go to a few more women's conferences and I, Mm -hmm. and I went to one in Atlanta, Georgia. I felt the Lord speak to me really clearly there. I just felt his Holy Spirit say to me that this is what you're going to do. You're going to encourage women. You're going to hold conferences. You're going to have a ministry and I'm not going to reveal it to you yet, but you're going to have this ministry. And he really encouraged me to get really serious about the word. So when I got home from that conference, Mm -hmm. I got on Amazon. Amazon was kind of new back then. And I ordered (laughs) so many different commentaries of the Bible. I ordered Mm -hmm. study materials. I ordered, you know, Greek and Hebrew concordances. And I had um, my daughter, so she was just a little baby at the time. But I began to intentionally study God's word for about an hour every day. And I just plugged in and, and really worked. And God, it took him about took me about six or seven years of, of that type of discipleship. And then mm-hmm. he moved us to Tennessee. And when I was at Tennessee, I became friends with this sweet lady named Marcy. And her dad, I didn't even know it when I met her, but her dad was the local Christian radio station DJ, the morning host. And so one day, oh, wow. one day his guest for the next day came down with the flu, very unexpected. And that's how God works so many times, you know. It's yes. just the unexpected. You're not like even looking for it or seeking it out. Now, remember mm-hmm. seven years before, 
God had called me to this ministry. I didn't know when it was going to happen or how it was going to happen. I just Mm -hmm. knew that he was going to have me go and encourage women. And it was going to be in a very formal way. So um, my friend Marcy, her dad, his name's Tom, his guest had the flu. So she mentioned me to him because he needed a guest quickly, last minute. And she said, hey, have you met Joy Green? They're new here. She moved here from North Carolina. You should invite her. So he called me that night and said, hey, girl, can you come in tomorrow morning? And so I did. <laughs> I went in the next day and I was on his show for an hour and I was sharing with oh, wow. him a lot about my, what he called his, you know, our God story. Like, tell me about your testimony, your God story. What has God been doing in your life? And so after that show, the producer came out and he loved it. And he just said, you know, we like your voice. We like your enthusiasm. You're really high energy. We don't have any women on the station. Would you want to do a little segment, a little vignette once a day? Yeah. You, know, you could come in and record five, 10, 15 of them at a time. We'll produce them all for you. We'll get you a sponsor. And so within wow. two weeks, Joy Time was born. And it wasn't long after that that it started airing on the radio. And from there, it just continued to grow. Little by little, um, I was able to get new stations. And eventually, I ended up doing all the recording, the producing, all of it myself. I learned how to do all of it so that when I moved back to North Carolina, I was able to keep that going and, and doing that myself. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's, that's really cool. That's really how it got started. And then I'll just share this with you. Another mm-hmm. really cool thing that God did was my husband and I had signed up to go to a marriage conference just because, you know, that's healthy for you to do. It's yes, and we had a group of sure. we had a group of friends that went with us. And by that point, Joy Time had been on the air for a little while, maybe about seven or eight months. And I had some t-shirts, uh-huh. I had some Joy Time merchandise, you know. And so at that conference, Big Daddy Weave was the music artist for that weekend nice. conference. And I had at my church in Tennessee, I had written a Bible study that I called Redeemed. Now that Bible study, I ended up launching that Bible study. And at the same time was when Big Daddy Weed's song Redeemed was on the airwaves and it was number one across the country. And so when we went to the marriage conference that year and Big Daddy Weed was there, we had about a thousand people at that conference. I got in line to just to meet them and say hello. And I wanted to thank them for that song because I wanted to share with them encouragement about how that song, I used that song in my Bible study with the women who came and how powerful it was and how God had really used that song, um, even in my Bible study with those women. So I was in line and a couple of my little girlfriends were there with their Joy Time shirts on. And so we were the last people at the back of that line. We waited like an hour and a half in line to to speak to them. And the very end of the, of the, the row there, and we get up to the table and Mike Weaver looks over at my friends who are wearing their shirts and says, dude, I am digging this shirt. What is Joy Time? And so <laughs> my, my friend Mandy said, oh, this is our friend Joy Green. She has a, a radio show she does and it's called mm-hmm. Joy Time. And he said to me, hey, could I call in and be on your radio show? So oh, wow. Big Daddy Weave is asking me, you know, Mike is asking, can I I call in and be on your radio show? Because in addition to doing joy time segments, I also did a live radio show once a week. So he gave me his wife's email address, Candace. She handles all of that booking. And when I got back home from the marriage conference, I emailed her and the following week he called in Uh and he was on my show live. And we had this wonderful time of encouragement to our listeners. And so I thought it was over. I thought that was the end of that. Well, the next day, his agency called my office at the pharmacy school and, hey, you know, Mike just felt a really strong connection with you when he met you at the marriage conference. And then when he called into your show, he wondered if you'd like to do an event together. He's, he does a few things acoustically separate from Big Daddy Weave. And my, uh-huh. my university wasn't too far from Nashville where he lives. And the um, agent said, you know, he and his wife and kids could drive into Jackson, Tennessee, where you are, and you guys could do an event together. So this mm-hmm. was very unexpected. And so one thing yeah. led to another. And a couple months later, I had the very first Joy Time event. It was me. I spoke and Mike Weaver came and 
his course's kids and wife were there as well, just, you know, to support the whole thing. And we had about 700 women who showed up for that event. And wow. um, from that, he and I became very good friends and we started doing events together. So we have done multiple joy time events um, in the Southeast together. And he's coming back next year for our joy time 2021 event, which will be in June. And so from, awesome. yeah, so from that, I have a big event once a year now, the joy time event, and we've hosted Natalie Grant. We've hosted I and Bay, we've hosted Britt Nicole. And of course we've hosted Mike Weaver and big daddy weave multiple times. And that has been exactly what the Holy Spirit spoke to me at that conference in Atlanta so many years before. Yeah. Just whispering to me, you are going to do this. You are going to be speaking to a large group of women, encouraging them in the mm -hmm. word. And, uh, and that's exactly what he opened the doors for me to do. That's awesome. I love how God just, just weaves everything in and out and where we don't necessarily see his hand all of a sudden we see, and we can look back and we can just see his hand just guiding everything and opening up doors and shutting doors. That's really cool. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And I've, I know for me, and I'm not sure your story and how you feel about your, when you look back and, and see the hand of God, but to me, you know, when God calls you to do something, he absolutely is going to be faithful to that calling it. And Amen. you don't have to, you don't have to like go and, knock down doors for it or feel like you are right. constantly fighting for it all the time. You just have mm -hmm. to, number one, grow as close to him, be in his word, repent, repent, mm -hmm. repent. There's just, I just can't say enough about that in my walk with him that I want, Amen, that, sister. That I want to walk in a, in a righteous way with him. You know, that I want to be quick to recognize my sin. I want to be quick to repent of it and quick to turn from it, you know, and, and go make things mm -hmm. right with those that maybe um, that I've hurt along the way. But our our job is to obey the Lord. You know, that's our job. And then he takes care of the rest. You know, he he handles opening those doors and closing the wrong doors. And and for me, you know, it took seven years from the moment yeah. that I felt his Holy Spirit so powerful come over me at that conference in Atlanta to the first time that Joy Time aired on the radio station in a whole different state. It was seven years. And I, right. and I just continued in those seven years not to worry about, is it going to happen? When's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? What do I have to do to make it happen? I really felt a piece of inside of me to just grow as close to him as possible, know him as much as possible, and then trust him with the outcome. Yes. You know? And, and you've probably had this happen. I've had so many women <laughs> come to me, email me, try to reach, to, you know, find me somehow and say, I want to meet with you. I want to know what you did. I want to know, yes. what, you know what steps you took. How did you, what was step one, step two, step three? And I'm like, listen here, my friend. <laughs> yes. There, there is a, there was no, it's like, first of all, I wasn't taking notes. Yeah, no kidding. And there is no algorithm. There is no, if you do A, B, and C, you know, that X, Y, Z is going to happen in your life. It's uh, yeah. it's basically just uh, be with the Lord, rest in him, know him, and then mm -hmm. just watch, just watch, be looking, yes. be looking for what he's going to do because he will do it. Yes, he will. He is so faithful. He's faithful to those who diligently seek him. It's that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's that whenever you put him first, and that's what a lot of, a lot of. I think misconceptions of doing ministry or being out there in the public eye where a lot of people, just like you said, people do ask me, how did you get there? And how did you start your podcast? I was like, I, I just, I, I just started, you know, cause God said, do it. And, um, and he's been opening up doors for me to talk to all these wonderful women. And I don't know, I, I don't know. I just, I just trust him. I just trust him completely. And if he says, shut it down, I'm going to shut it down. If he says, you know, keep going, I'm going to keep going. But it's not about me. It's about how he wants to use me. Yeah. In in every area. And because I'm willing to do that. And I think a lot of people who we see that are quote unquote successful. And now don't get me wrong. I know there's people who sold themselves out that have, um, uh, uh, 
what is it called? The word a false, uh, not necessarily false, like, but just like faux right. success. It's, it's their own success. It's a knockoff success um, that will eventually crumble underneath their feet. But those of us who are seeking the father first, it's like, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And, and that's where the pro- promotion comes. Right. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I was just doing a study about Proverbs three and it's, you know, we like to say, that's part where it's like, he will direct your path. And it's like, yes, but you have to be seeking him. You have to be um, obeying his laws and obeying his commandments and putting him first. We'd like to skip towards that. And he will direct my path. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's like, it's like, we want you to direct my path, Lord, but I know I'm not repentant. Like you said, I know I, I want to do my thing. I want to hold hands with my, my sin nature. And I want to hold hands with you and I want everything to work out just fine. He's like, no, 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 yeah. let go of that and hold on to me. There's no other option. Um, you know, you can only go so far on your own efforts, but you can go all the way with God. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to share for a minute. I feel like the Lord wants me to share this with your listeners. Um, I agree mm-hmm. with that hundred percent. And one thing I think too, that people don't always realize is that anytime you follow the Lord, you're going to pay a major sacrifice. There's going to be, a, there's a cost to following the Lord. And I'd love, I just want to share that my husband and I remember we dated eight years. We were high school sweethearts. And so we built our dream house on my grandparents' family farm, which they have about a 250 acre farm. And we built our house. They gave us about three acres on that property. And so we, we planned to live there forever, you know. And so we were as deeply rooted in a community of people as you can be. I mean, my husband's family lived less than 10 minutes from our home. My family, everybody lives right there. And my, my dad, who is not a believer, um, but whom I'm very, very close to, very much a daddy's girl, he's a farmer. And mm-hmm. so he has a big farm also that I grew up on as a child. Um, and so he very much puts a lot of stock into land and you know, knowing yeah. where you came from, that kind of thing. And so when God called, it's easy to say these words, God called us to move to Tennessee. And so we moved to Tennessee. Okay, that sounds really simple, right? Just a few little, a couple sentences right there. Well, let me tell you what, that was the hardest, most difficult, most gut-riching thing we've ever done because my husband and I both had great jobs. My Mm -hmm. son, Sam, was six at the time. My daughter, Ellie, was eight at the time. They're little kids. They have their grandparents. We have our church family. We have jobs that are great jobs, and we're just living life. You know, we just... Things are going really well for us as far as by human standpoint. And then as we are growing closer to the Lord and, and God is beginning to really show us what he has for us, he places a calling on us through his Holy Spirit and through circumstances and other people that we are to move to Tennessee. A job opportunity came available for me at a school in Jackson, Tennessee, a Christian pharmacy school, and he told us to move. Now, put your house on the market put your house on the market kind of in a recession when you've got to sell part of the family farm and you're going to take the only grandchildren that your parents have and you're going to move them 10 hours away because from where we yeah. lived in North Carolina, it was a huge, huge thing. I mean, you know, my dad was going to write me out of the will. He ended up not doing that, but it was, it was super hard. And so I think it's important yeah. that some people will say, I want the Lord's best for me and I want to follow him. And, him to do amazing things in my life. But yet when it comes to the required sacrifice, some people mm-hmm. aren't willing to, to do it. They're not willing to really abandon everything. You know, <clears throat> if you love your right. life, yeah. you, know, you can't love your life and love the Lord. You've, you've got to love him more than you love your life. And you've got to be willing to put it all on the line. And I'm here to say, there's a lot of people who have done much more sacrificial things yeah. than me. <laughs> But my little small example was a very, very hard thing to do. So I just want to encourage whoever's listening right now that if God's mm-hmm. calling you to do something, you know, you've got to make a decision. Are you going to obey or not obey? And you've got to realize there's going to be a cost. And I just want to say that he is absolutely worth it every time, whatever, yes. whatever it costs you. If it's your house, if it's your job, whatever it is, he is mm-hmm. absolutely worth it. There is nothing more satisfying and fulfilling and beautiful and laying your life down for the savior 
who already laid his life down for you. Amen. That is so true. That is so true. And the, and the world that we live in where it's everything is Insta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything is Insta, Instagram, yeah. <laughs> Insta coffee, right. you know, Insta food. Um, speaking of which, like we would talk to our friends in England and they were like, you have drive through banks. Like, right. <laughs> cause they yes. don't, they don't have those things like the simple things like that. I'm like, yeah. Cause, and we're so used to that. We're so used to everything just being right there. We don't even have to get out of the car. We don't have to walk. We can just drive up, get our food, go home and Insta download movies. <laughs> right, what, for sure. what we, what we've created is in, especially even in ministry is we have this culture now that thinks that ministry is Insta. True, true. That, that, like you said, there's no sacrifice. There's no, it just, I just create this page and I just quote these cute little quotes and, and then I have ministry, right? It's like, mm. no, right. not, e- not even close. And right. I've seen this so many times. And again, you know, if you're listening and you're wanting to do what we're doing, it, where it starts is on your knees. Amen. It starts mm-hmm. right there. It starts in your prayer closet. It starts with your children. It starts with your marriage. It starts with your family. If you don't have those, if you haven't given those over to the father, if you haven't walked that part out, it's going to be so hard to um, sacrifice your heart to the ministry, to give that part to the ministry. Um, it, it's, it's not Insta. It's, it's, <laughs> you can buy, you can, and, let, and let's, let's just put it this way. Listen, guys, like, um, there are a lot of people out there that have fake followers. Amen. They bought those, <laughs> right. they bought those, they bought those followers. That's right. They bought those likes. They did the algorithm. They paid, they paid somebody on Fiverr to get to where they are. It is, yeah. it is a facade half of the time. Um, what, again, we don't seek that. Um, yeah. I use that example of uh, the example of Jesus all the time. It's like, yes, he had, he spoke in front of five and, you know, we talk about, they only counted the men and we get that, you know, it could have been up to 15,000 people when the 5,000, you know, was being fed, but uh, up to 5,000 people were sitting there listening to him speak. Mm-hmm. He had 12 and maybe a little bit more that followed him daily. He had three go to the garden with him. He had one at the cross. So, True. At the at the end of the day, it's not about who's necessarily following you. It's the life that you're living that brings glory to God. It's it so is. true. It is. Yeah. And I just want to say as a woman, too, um, you know, I, it's so important mm-hmm. that we that we remember the order of the family, you know, yes. that, God, that God has given an order to our family. And so even though my, I am gifted in a different way from my husband, so I am mm-hmm. extroverted and I'm high energy and <laughs> I love people and my husband loves people too, but he's definitely more introverted. He's more behind mm-hmm. the scenes. That does not mean at all that I'm the one leading spiritually at my home. Not right. at all. My husband yes, thank you. is the spiritual head of our family. And I'd love to share this quick little story. <clears throat> when I was at the marriage conference where I met Mike Weaver and God really began to open up that side of ministry with the conferences that I do. Um, <clears throat> that conference, <clears throat> excuse me, was a three-day deal. So on Friday mm-hmm. night, the speaker asked us as a married couple, there were about a thousand people there. It's so about 500 couples. He said, um, I want you to think about what is your greatest fear in life? I want you to think mm-hmm. about it this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're going to come back on Sunday and we're going to talk about it. So that happened on Friday night. And we're kind of thinking about it. We didn't talk about it. We just we're independently thinking about it. So Brian and I did not talk it over. Well, then Saturday was when I met Mike Weaver and he's going to call into my radio station, you know, and all this exciting, all this exciting stuff that's happening. So then yeah. on Sunday, the, the uh, speaker comes back out and he says, okay, I, I gave you a challenge on Friday to think about your greatest fear. Now I want you to talk to your spouse about what is that greatest fear. And then we're, we're going to pray about it. So I talked to Brian about mine and mine was around my kids and just making sure I hope they would, you know, I would outlive my kids and I hope they would have a healthy life and they would follow the Lord. Well, Brian surprised me. He said, well, Joy, my greatest fear is that God is going to really grow Joy Time Ministries. Because remember, Joy Time's only been going about six or seven months. Oh, wow. he, said, yeah. he said, I'm so afraid that he's going to open up all these doors for you to speak at all these conferences across the country and you're not going to be able to be home and really mother our children and, re- and be able to oh, be, wow. because I, he said, because I need you so much. I need you 
And um, I'm afraid that he's getting ready to call you to do all that. And so when we prayed, he put his arms around me and he prayed this prayer that we both were just sobbing and he released me to the Lord. So he said to the Lord, this is what I'm afraid of, but I trust you to know that if you do that, you're going to enable us to still be a healthy family because that has to come first. You know, our first ministry is to this family and this marriage. And so I felt like that was such a defining moment, not only in our marriage, that God had placed Brian above me as a spiritual head and that he was releasing me back to the Lord to, to say, I trust you with her and I trust you with this ministry, but also for the ministry. Because if a woman says, God's called me to this ministry, but yet her husband is not on board and her husband is not, he's a godly man. Let's assume he's a godly man, right? Because I know Mm -hmm. there are some women who are, who are in marriages where they're not married to a godly man, right? Right. And that, that could be a different situation. But I'm saying from my experience, if you're a Christian woman and you have a Christian man and he, he needs to be the spiritual head of your family and he's going to be on board, he's got to be praying with you, praying for you and completely supportive if you want it to be successful. It's just, I just feel like it's so important for us to keep the order of the family that God gave us and make sure that we're doing everything we can. It doesn't mean that Brian's always been 100% on board with everything that I've done, but overall, overall, he is supportive and he prays with me and for me. And I really could not do it otherwise. Now, a word from our sponsors. Now, let's get back to our program. That's right. Yeah, that is so true. Understanding that role, understanding that um, that it's it's key to be in a, in a prosperous, um, ministry and, right. um, and marriage. Um, I'm the same way. I'm the one that's outgoing. Like, I, like you said, my husband, he loves people too. Yeah, we own a music right. store. So, yeah. so he's around, he loves working with kids and we, you know, we teach and we're around people all the time and we have a YouTube channel through our music store and he gets to talk to people all the time, but he'd rather be home. Right. Right. And I'm like, let's travel the world. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and so, but he, he's the same way. Like my husband, he's, he loves Jesus. He's saved. He's a godly man. And I look to him. I'm like, okay, what do you think? What, what do you think about this? And people ask me all the time, what is, what does Ryan think about you? Cause you were just, you're just always out there. Mm-hmm. Like if there is a, if there is a conflict, if there is something going on, I'm like right there in the middle of it mm-hmm. saying, okay, what does God want us to do? How are we going to handle this? You know? And people are like, how, how does Ryan feel? I'm like, he's back there saying, when are you going? And how, how are we going to get you there? <laughs> yeah. And I wonder, if, I wonder if Ryan is a lot like my Brian. He also, he's also a protector for me. So he, yes, very much. He's always thinking about when he's behind the scenes, like when we have our big joy time events, you know, we've got a thousand, 1200 women who were there. He's, mm-hmm. he's behind the scenes watching. He's making sure that everybody looks like they're on the up and up and he yes. protect me. He wants to make sure nothing happens to me. You know, good husband. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of that with him too, that he's he's he wants his woman to be safe. You know. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Is your son is your son that way too? My son. To you yeah, him? my son is like that a little bit too. Yeah, especially, um, he's 15 and a half, and so mm. you know, he gets kind of nervous if I'm late. Like if I go somewhere and I'm not home in time, he gets worried yes. about me. And yeah, he's really sweet like that too. Yeah. Yes. Now, listen. My, my youngest is like that too. <laughs> okay. Now listen, he can drive me crazy. Okay. He's been, oh no. Yeah. He is strong willed and he and mm-hmm. I can certainly um, butt heads. So I'm not trying to paint this picturesque type of family. Cause listen, we are, we are anything but perfect. <laughs> you just, yeah. you just spend, yes. if you just spend a little time at our house, you're going to hear complaining and fussing and, you know, maybe oh, yes. yell at somebody because of dirty laundry somewhere. But um, you know, I feel like the main things are the main things have to say the main things. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful that, that Brian is, um, a good spiritual leader, um, yeah. in our, in our home. Yeah. Have, have your children displayed or have you noticed their spiritual gifts? 
Um, my daughter, Ellie, who's 18, she definitely has the gift of um, compassion. Mm -hmm. She is very much a helper. You know, she's oh. she is the even as a kindergartner, there was a special needs child in her kindergarten class. And mm -hmm. nobody has to tell her what to do with that. She loves special needs kids, always has. I mean, since a little bitty girl, she wants to help be, be the special buddy to help that child. And so she just has a sweet disposition of compassion. Morning. Mm -hmm. She's in tune to knowing how other people feel. Um, so I would, I would say that for her, she's kind of struggling though, when it comes to what she's going to major in in college, she's not positive. You know, she's thinking about teaching, but she's not positive. She's not quite as um, high energy and she's very different from me, but yeah. has a very sweet disp disposition about her. Just love her to pieces. Sam, awesome. Sam, I'm not sure. He's he's a very gifted communicator. So I could definitely mm -hmm. see him doing something with public speaking or communication. But you know, it's kind of hard to tell too when you're when he's just 15. So right, right. They have, have a few years. I always yeah. I get that question a lot. You know, how do you recognize the gifting in your child, and then how do you nurture it? And um, have y'all done anything to get get them? Like, is he involved in anything that helps? promote that gift of speaking and does she do a, other extracurricular activities outside of school to yes to, for sure to make that right so um both of them do some sports ellie does cross country which is you know keeps her healthy but she's very involved in a lot of different clubs at school student council and um mm -hmm. they have a fellowship of christian students group that she's a part of okay. um so yeah she she loves to help with ministries too at church when they do things Sam mm -hmm. is very musical. He's not, he, I think because he does play a few different sports, he's not quite as in tune to his mandolin as he was maybe a year ago, but yeah. he's really gifted with music. And um, I don't know, I think with COVID, it's been bad timing. We mm -hmm. haven't had a lot of opportunities at church like we used to have because mm -hmm. he can't really do things to help with public speaking because we're not meeting in person as much and student ministry hasn't been meeting very regularly. Right. But we do we do try to be intentional as, as much as possible. I mean, I, I tell you, when you're taking honors classes in high school, it's about all you can do to keep, That's true, just to keep you know, it going. Keep the homework going and maybe do a sport and be active at church. You're, you know, you're just about out of time <laughs> through the week. Sure. That is the truth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I my oldest is 20 mm -hmm. and so he's just working right now. He he doesn't necessarily want to go to college. He wants to enroll this spring, but he's just he's so laid back. He's yeah. my, <clears throat> he's well, I always say like he's my surfer dude. He just oh, you know, he just so easygoing, whatever. Mom, I just want to travel the world. Um <laughs> I like his mama. His mama wants to travel the world too. Exactly. That's I was right. like, we'll go, we'll go together. We'll just leave dad um, behind and we'll go. <laughs> exactly. My youngest, he's he's very strong-willed, strong-minded. Mm. Um, but he's he is that black and white, right, mm. wrong. He doesn't see anything. Why is there a gray when you know right. it's like if that's wrong, then it's wrong. Why are you doing it? You know, he's just very absolute about his convictions, which I love. Right. And um and he he'll be sixteen in, in March. So okay. we have, we have yeah. children very close in age. Yeah. And uh and we he's involved in four H and they do special projects group where they teach him leadership and stuff like that. And so he's okay. just like, I don't wanna speak. He likes to watch people to make sure that they're right. Sure. Right. He's like, he's the, he's going to be my little police officer or, you know, someone in the background that just makes sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to. And you just don't, don't mind me. I'm just back here protecting everybody. With my, right. Oh, you know? I love that. You know, my husband is very much natured like that. He's very much, yeah. it is right or wrong. There's not a lot of gray. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I totally understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So developing that and keeping them from, and especially keeping their flesh or their, the enemy from manipulating that and taking them down a um, very dark path because with Aiden, it is mostly um, because he's so black and white, he's, he can be very cold when it comes to certain actions and people I'm like, Oh no, there's gr also grace. Grace is, yep. grace is, grace is kind of the gray area where you allow somebody 
room to learn from their mistakes before they get to that point. It's like, yes, there is right and wrong. Yes. But their grace it kind of, is that gentle nudge helping them to that decision, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, Absolutely. just like, I, just like I give you grace every time I walk into your room and it's not clean. Amen, sister. Listen, <laughs> yeah. this teenage boy business, I, I only had a sister growing up. I didn't have any brothers. Yeah, me too. Has, yeah. Okay. So this has been a new deal. I don't know if we have listeners who have boys. I hope that maybe they'll comment and give us some wisdom here. But this whole deal with why can't you flush the toilet? Like, I don't understand that. Like, just I don't understand why go into your bathroom. What's up with that? What is the deal? And why is it that I have to remind you to brush your teeth and put on your deodorant? Like, I mean, I, I just don't get it. Like, come on. Thank you. Give me some yes. in here. I, I told Sam the other day, I'm like, look. Ever since you started having little bitty teeth in your mouth, like you were, you know, eight months old, I brushed those teeth every single day. Like you brush them yes. twice a day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Why do you not brush your teeth on your own? Why do I have to say, Sam, go brush your teeth? I mean, I just don't get it. Oh my Maybe it's oh, because he's not had a girlfriend yet either. My um, my friends, true. my friends who have older teenager teenage boys will say well as soon as he gets a girlfriend you will not have to remind him to brush his teeth because he will want to impress her so i keep praying that maybe at the right time yeah i think godly that's young probably lady, what it is yeah <laughs> godly young ladies lady's going to come along and he's going to start brushing his teeth without me having to prompt him <laughs> i know that's why i tell the boys i tell my boys that all the time yes because neither one of them we we court and so mm. i was like but preparing yourself for that moment, right. woo, woo this girl, you want to not walk up to her like Peppy Le Pew. You want no, to be- right. no <laughs> kidding. That's exactly right. These these boys and their rooms. Whew, my goodness. You have to make a path. I made, I made yeah. Sam clean his up this weekend because there's only so much I can take. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great That's kid, a- though. Not, not yes. trying to dishonor him. It's just a challenge. No, no. You know? It's just, it's just childhood. It's yeah. just life. He's normal. He's normal. It's yeah, good. that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are, we're all in the same boat. That is all good. That is all good. good. So do you have any upcoming events um, right now? Right. Just- well, I just, I just spoke at the favored women's conference in Gatlinburg right. back in September. I loved that. Um, really enjoyed, you know, getting to be a part of, that was probably my biggest conference I've been invited to speak at, which was so mm-hmm. awesome. So our Joy Time event will be in June, and it's going to be okay. in Greensboro, North Carolina. And we're actually going to have a two-day event this coming year. So nice. I will have Mike Weaver of Big Daddy Weaves coming, and he usually brings with him the drummer of Big Daddy Weave, Brian. And then he usually has another friend of his that comes and, and does the Joy Time events. So that'll be in June. Most everything else has been put on hold because of COVID. Yes. But I do, if your listeners are interested, if you jump over to Facebook and you look up, first of all, it's Joytime Ministries. That's where you can find my daily encouragement. But there's also the Joytime Video Devotionals. I have several um, video styled devotional Bible studies that I've done this past mm-hmm. year during COVID. We have about 1,800 yes. By 1800 women who are in those and so you can find a, a study on the book of james it's like a five-week study you can find the finding joy bible study which is a five-week study and it's really easy to do i post the homework which is usually a passage of scripture on a wednesday is when i post it and then on sunday i have a about a 10 minute little video that i do talking through that scripture and bringing out practical points that i think are helpful for us as we're trying to live out our faith So those are fun things to plug into during COVID that are free and just available for anybody to, you know, to grow close to the Lord through. Um, So yeah, not as many, not as many conferences right now, but Mm -hmm. we're still moving forward with our, our joy time 2021 in June. Okay. That's that's going to be a lot of fun. That's exciting. Yes. That's really exciting. I know I've been praying for a lot of the, the, most of them have gone to Zoom and um, are doing little bitty smaller gatherings and then going live for the rest of the people who can't make it or they're over their quota or whatever. But I've just been praying for those who have um, 
scheduled things. Um, I have a conference coming up in March mm. and we had to postpone it because of COVID. So we're, we're, we're trying to get it back on in March. Of course, we're dwindling the numbers down just to make it more of an intimate setting right. so that we can comply to, of course, Texas isn't so um, harsh on the, on the laws as mm. most states are, but, but I have been praying for a lot of the women that they either, you know, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit of getting creative Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you'll hear that prompting to do something different that's outside your wheelhouse. And it's like, I don't know if I can, Mm -hmm. but having the courage to be able to actually do it and step out and trusting that God will catch you and guide you. And it might not be exactly what you think it might be, but it will, if it's God, it'll be good. And those who need to hear it will hear it. But yeah, just, just praying for those ministries. And because so there's so many, um, uh, stories and good word out there. Um, just like your, your story, being able to encourage people and to show them what God's word says and helping, like you said, I love that you said, um, fight for their families. Cause that's exactly yeah. what I say. I yes. say that I'm like, I'm teaching women to fight for themselves, fight for their families and fight for their place in the body of Christ, because the enemy does not want them to stand up he wants right. to keep you down. He That's wants right. to keep you on the couch, yeah. watching Netflix and scrolling through Facebook. He doesn't want you to stand in your full armor and fighting for your family and yourself, you know? Yeah. So, um, I love that you said that. So what are some encouraging scriptures and some, your go-tos that you use to fight for your family and for your mental health and spiritual health? And, um, well, the one scripture that really has been my kind of my life anthem is first first Thessalonians 524 which says you know the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it yes, um, yes. I remember you know this whole selling our dream house and moving to Tennessee deal I remember coming back we went to Tennessee and I interviewed at Union University which is in Jackson which is where the job opportunity came from. And I remember getting home and that weekend, just the enemy was after me. You know, Satan began to just really have a heyday with my emotions and thinking about selling this house and uprooting my kids. All of the reasons why we shouldn't do it, like all of the reasons why we shouldn't take the risk and why we should not obey God. And so I was up at like two in the morning, just really couldn't rest and and just uneasy in my spirit and grabbed my Bible and began to read and God just brought me straight to this verse, you know, to say, remember seven years ago in the Atlanta Dome, when you were there with 10,000 women and I put this fire in you and I called you and I said, this is what you're going to do. Well, now I'm making a way for that. I felt him just whisper that to me. I'm making a way for that. And you're going to have to move to Tennessee and sell this house. But I'm (laughs) I'm telling you through this scripture, I have called you and I am faithful. And I will do it. I will do it. But you have got to be willing to let me do it. And it's going to require, you know, this, this sacrifice. So that, that is really a life anthem verse for me that, that I like to keep it close by as a reminder, because, you know, as in, as you know, this too, um, as well as I do, we get discouraged in ministry. Not every day is rainbows and sunshine. There are days that we want to quit. There are days when we think to ourselves, listen, I just can't balance this anymore. I just can't keep it up. I just cannot keep going. And we have to remember that perseverance, we're running this race and we've got to Mm -hmm. keep going. When the times are tough and the times are hard, we cannot give up. We have to keep pressing on um, as as we're running the race God's given us. Yes, that is so true. Because... I mean, when you step, as soon as you step out in obedience, it's like all of the hounds of hell (laughs) are unleashed. You find out that your best friend isn't your best friend anymore. Mm -hmm. You find out that your kid has been hiding a secret from you. You find out you like everything that could go wrong from the kitchen sink to your flat tires. It, it, (laughs) It happens to try to stumble you along the way to discourage you enough to say, to finally make you throw your hands up and say, it's not worth it. But if you remember that God is there, yeah, that he called um, you. That's right. Um, the second thing I would just say in answering your question is, I think one of the most powerful things that God has encouraged me with 
is that I need to be giving back now. And I know that joy time is certainly I'm giving back all the time, but I need to be giving back in my local church. <clears throat> so one thing that I'm a huge, um, a huge encourager for folks, especially women who feel that God's stirring their spirits for ministry is you need to teach a Sunday school class. Here's, and here's why I think this is so instrumental. So for those seven years where I said, you know, I got back home from that conference and I ordered all this material. What I did is I was teaching a Sunday school class, a college class, and I only had seven kids in my class. Yeah. And so what I, what I started doing was I started taking the lesson that I was going to be studying for Sunday school. And instead of reading it on Saturday night before I went to bed and had to teach it on Sunday, I started reading it and studying it every single day of the week. Yes. So I would put my kids to bed about 830. And at first it was just Ellie because it was way back then. I didn't even have Sam yet. But I put my kids to bed at 8 o'clock or 830. And I went to my bed and I had my computer, my concordance book, That's my commentary right. book, and my Sunday school book, my lesson. Yes. And so I took that little four-page Sunday school material book and I added to it with my commentary. And I studied it for an hour. And I would start on Monday. And by the time Sunday rolled around, I had studied it for five or six days for an hour each day. Yeah. And so by the time I taught it, I was really very well versed in that scripture. Right. And so when you do that week in and week out, like you were saying, there is no Insta learning the Bible. Right. right? You've got to, it's, it takes time. When I did that for those seven years, I pretty much covered almost the whole Bible, you know, yeah. and I was reading the Bible through anyway at the time. And so I became so much more knowledgeable of God's word because I wasn't just reading the four pages. I was digging deeper. Right. I was looking at the Greek words. I was looking at, you know, who wrote it? Why did they write it? Let me read this commentary. I found credible material. And so I think if you don't know where to start, getting into some type of a teaching opportunity in a mm -hmm. small setting is a safe place for you to put into practice and to learn. And you have accountability that way. Right. Because you've got to prepare. Well, you know yes, what I'm saying? Exactly. Yes. And that was like, that was life changing for me. So I always teach Sunday school. I just always have, if, even if I'm in a rotation of teaching, I'm still teaching at least once a month. Because to me, that's a, a very sweet spot that God used to grow me in my knowledge of Him. Yes, that is so good. That is so, so true and so good. And you find that where. Um, you might have looked over a scripture and it, you didn't think anything about it. But whenever you actually studied it, you, I know I am, I'm this way. I'm sure you are too, that it just comes alive. And you're like, I didn't even realize that that's what he was yes. saying. Once you add yes. the Hebrew and the Greek, you're like, what? I didn't realize that that's what God was right. saying or that Moses was referring to this or David was, uh, you know, acknowledging that or whichever. And it just makes yeah. the word of God just come alive like never before. And it doesn't feel like it's just something that you have to do because I'm a Christian and I just need to put my time in and I just have my quiet time. It's like, it's, it's everything. It becomes everything that when you fall in love. You really fall in love with the, with the word of God in a new and fresh way. Yes. I mean, just, you know, it just becomes something that you love and you cherish and you realize man, what a gift, what a gift it is yes. to have this God-breathed word um, that just penetrates us, Amen. you know, our bone and our marrow and, and just uh, can convict us and encourage us all at the same time. That's awesome. All right. Before we go, one last yeah. encouraging word to those that are listening, whether it's to mamas or to women who are in ministry that, um, just so we can uh, leave off in a positive, what well, we've been positive this whole time. Not that we haven't been <laughs> yeah. positive. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? Just so this yeah. final umph, like a call to mm -hmm. arms, a, a word of encouragement to the ladies listening. Yeah, I think what comes to my mind is this never let your love for the ministry that you do for the Lord be greater than the love you have for the Lord. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Yes. We can, some, we can sometimes put all of our effort into growing the ministry and what type of an Instagram post can I do today and how many followers can I get today and what conference can I speak at? But we got to keep the main thing the main thing. He, We cannot let the ministry become our God, right? Yes. I mean, we have to love the Lord. The greatest commandment that Jesus told us was that we love the Lord our God 
with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that we love others as ourselves. Yes. And we have to keep that as number one, that we focus and love him well. And, I, and that's been a huge reminder and encouragement to me. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time with us oh, today. It. it was so good. I, I just love your story. It is so cool. I, I enjoy your videos and I just pray that, you know, you just have good health during Thank this season. Yes. yes your family remains healed and whole and, um, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And I just, you know, just again, thank you for your time. You are such a blessing and I, I truly appreciate you. Well, it was an honor to be on your show and to just pour some encouragement into your listeners. So yeah. thank you for inviting me and thank you for all that you do as well. I'm so encouraged by you. Oh, thank you. Well, you have a blessed day and I will talk to you soon. Dr. Okay. Sounds great. Thank <laughs> you. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to Giving Hope. Please be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see y'all next week. Uh, yes, it does. I can delete the names. So we're on our walk again. And Ryan and I are having another really great conversation about the church and the early church. And we have friends who have completely different beliefs from us from all over the nation we were just talking about how our neighbor has a crazy flag hanging up honestly i'll just say it because this is a podcast it says f biden and it spells out the whole f word with a giant flag waving in his front yard this is f biden and sorry, we just smacked hands again. We did that on the last podcast. Are you smacking me. I'm flirting with you. I'm th- that's my version of throwing rocks. <laughs> and um, and so Ryan had a great conversation with a friend who's an atheist, and we had this guy. He had this conversation, and he was talking about how the early church. Oh uh, yeah, you know we were talking about it because I mean he's an atheist. But he's, you know, but we're friends because he's not militant. Like, I'm going to, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're stupid. living in you're a long because you believe in this spaghetti monster. No, he's you very know. respectful. Yeah. And that's his thing. He's like, hey, do what you want. There's 7 billion people in the world. 6 billion of them believe in God of some kind or somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. So it's like, whatever, dude, just you know, don't be an a hole. Right. You know, but, uh, so we were just talking because we were after hours and just chatting, you know. Mm hmm. And, uh, no, I saw him, like, I said, well, that's because he didn't realize necessarily that we were so, not religious is not the word, but. Devout? Yeah, I guess. Christians? The, you know. Because we're very particular on who we preach at or preach to. Well, yeah, because we don't come, we don't just come at everybody. No, we get to know people and have relationships with people like Jesus did. Yeah, because you don't have a relationship. It's hard to speak into somebody's life. Exactly. You know, but. But not because we were out doing stuff. He's like, oh, y'all are, you know. <laughs> oh, y'all are drinking and partying and, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, we, just we like, don't do that. <laughs> we're just not in his face about it. Like, some some people are. Which way? Okay. This way. But anyways. Um, so I said, well, we're kind of weird because, you know, even though we both grew up in churches our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Traditional, like, you know, I grew up First Baptist Church in my town. And she grew up being a ministry or parents ministers. And, you know. Yeah. We grew up in the church. Right. But at a certain point, I think, having seen good, bad, and ugly, and a lot of ugly, that's like, I don't think this is really how church is supposed to go. Right. And I was telling him, well, we're kind of weird, because you're trying to explain something to someone who's not a churchgoer. Right. But, you know, his wife is. Right. So he's familiar, but I said, well, the way we do things now is not quite... Right. If you go back and actually read the Bible, <laughs> you know, just open it, start reading. Right. I said, after Jesus ascended into heaven mm-hmm. and left disciples behind, he's like, all right, you guys, <laughs> uh, go preach the good news. Mm-hmm. Go preach the gospel. I'll and, send a helper, but yeah. y'all go. Yeah. But here's your job. Here's your job. <laughs> right. Your job is to go preach the gospel, the good news. Salvation's here to everybody. That's your job. Not right. build big old buildings, not have, you know, 
trunk retreats and <laughs> all these other crazy stuff. Yeah. Sunday school classes. But feed the poor, visit the that's, destitute. Yeah, that's what I told him later on. We got to that point, and I said, I said, so what, the way we view and experience what we think of as church now, in 2020, or in the last several thousand years, mm-hmm. is not at all like how the early church. You know, if you think of the church from the point when Jesus Christ ascended into heaven uh, for the next couple hundred years, mm-hmm. it's not the way that we do things now. Right. So we don't do anything at all like the early church. Right. Who you'd think were like, hey, the ones closest to Christ when he was on earth, I was like, would know kind of like, hey, here's what we should this do. This is what he wanted. These are his wishes. You know, so we're all concerned with a bunch of other stuff and I was telling him he's like we're all a bunch of Catholics really and he just kind of looked at me funny I'm like well all the Protestants we, we think we're Protestants but we're really Catholic because yeah. our entire model of how we do church we have one guy I said we're here real progressive yes, one lady yes we've had this conversation before people look at it as crazy when we say it but then when we like, say what? it you'll like, start seeing it you have a guy you know a priest who stands up and tells everybody else here's what the Bible says you morons <laughs> And stands up, preaches a sermon. Everybody says, "Amen." And, and we have get, to take his word for it. And then we go home and eat chicken. And yeah. then that's like that's it. Yeah, and we call ourselves Christians because of it. And you go home and you live your life, <laughs> do whatever you want. But as long as you show up to the service and sit and listen and amen and maybe sing, yeah, you're good. We're called Christ followers, but the real person that we're following is our pastor. Yeah. Who a lot of times, especially in American churches, isn't always Christ-like. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we we've experienced that. I think most people, if you've been in church, you're if you've been in church anywhere from a hot second. Yeah, you've known that. You've known that. You know that because they're just people. And he's just kind of looking like what? Like yeah. So it's like the model which American yeah. churches or Western churches are modeled after is what they knew at that time, and that is the Catholic Church. Because well, you had them people, they broke away from the Catholic Church. Right. They were like, hey, this isn't, I don't think this is right. During we're going to break Reformation, away and do our own thing. Yes. I was like, but you were in that for a long time, and so it's still. That's how you do it. That's all you know. Yeah. That's what you do. So I told him, I said, but that's not how they did it back, no. back then. You know? They were in homes. They were in homes, and they basically, they met together. They gave they up talked. their abundance to yeah. help. And then the thought was like, all right, how do we go out and reach more people? Right. Or how do we go out and help our community? Yes. What can we do? We sell this parcel of land can help get so-and-so. How do we feed the poor? How do we help more people who are in trouble? Right. How do we set up safe houses? And while we're helping them, tell them about Jesus. So not only do we feed them while they're here, but we also keep them from burning in hell to all eternity. Right. Right. But I was telling them all that and... I said, you know, and even Jesus, I was like, if you read your freaking Bibles, people, mm-hmm. Jesus says, you know, at the end, when they're standing before him, I'm like, hey, judgment time. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like. Got to that part Jesus, of the sermon. Yeah. And Jesus was like, hey, uh, depart from me. I don't know you. And they're like, what? He's like, when I was in jail, did you visit me? Mm-hmm. When I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was naked, did, I, did you clothe me? Yeah, when I was thirsty, did when you I was give thirsty, me a drink? did you give me a drink? And they're like, "Lord, when will you ever see that?" He's like, "Y'all didn't do any of that." He says, "You know what Jesus wants you to do? He wants you to feed the poor, clothe the naked, <laughs> visit people in jail." He's like, "That's what he wants you to do." Right. As uh, your no, actions, that yeah. is not what gets you saved. That's not what gets you into heaven. But if you already professed that Jesus is your Savior, yeah. if you have already made that declaration and you have been baptized by water, baptized to the Holy Spirit, and you are a professing Christian, the next step after that is to come together and find out what needs in our community that needs to be met, which would include, okay, let's say so-and-so is about to lose their home. What can we sell that we have over an abundance to help pay off their mortgage instead of going to church asking parishioners hey we we have this sweet building that we want to make that's going to be closed 90 percent of the year um hey guys really reach into your pockets reach into your pockets i know you're i know you're hungry but this is given to the lord no it's not there's nowhere in the word of god that says that jesus ripped down the temple before he left he said that temple's going to be destroyed y'all it's going to be completely destroyed because he wanted them to realize 
that the temple isn't where Jesus was. They were the temple. People are the temples. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. It's not in a building. That's why I personally believe that all this stuff got shut down because God's like, I need you to remember, go back to the beginning. This is where I'm at. You told us to go back to the beginning, so I have. (laughs) That was a Princess Bride reference. I think the smart people will get that. Yes, awesome. My true friends will. (laughs) So I was telling him, I was just telling him all that stuff. and said, so we're kind of weird now because we're, I mean... I play guitar at a church. Yes, you serve the body. I serve of Christ. the body. You know, you you preach in another you teach, congregation. You know, where everybody asks you to come. Yeah. You know, because I'm serving the body. Yeah, that's like, but I feel like in general, we've got it all twisted up sideways, mm-hmm. and how we do things, our focus is in the wrong place. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. Jesus is concerned with you feeding the poor and giving people water and visiting people in prison right and all these things that's what he's concerned about he's not concerned about did you do a christmas program right <laughs> did you have a special and did you christmas? do it well and represent me who did you have play me because you know i was hoping right. for brad pitt but um i mean john yeah from the electric company is fine but goodness <laughs> you know <laughs> he don't care so. jesus didn't care so my friend thought, he kind of thought it was funny. He's like, man, you sound like another friend of mine. So he has another friend who was, grew up in church, all that sort of stuff. And then it was just like, him and his wife were sort of just unsatisfied with the way everything was going. Yep. And he said he went to school and got like a, you know, master's of theology or something. And then basically started his own church. Yeah. Because he was like, everything else is kind of wacky. Yeah. I guess we'll just do our own thing. Right. And try to do it. As a lot much. of people are doing that. A lot of people do that. Yeah, I don't necessarily. And a lot of places start with that way. A master's of theology, but yeah, well, just read your Bible. But you know, to each his own. A lot of people start that with that in mind, like every other church is doing it wrong. We're going to do it, right? And they start off that way because we've known churches like this. Yes. But then once they see enough success and they have enough people coming and going, you preach so good, and like we're going to give our money, then it ultimately turns into a corporate church, right? So I've seen, we've seen that happen before where it's like, it starts off all good with those intentions, but then it, at a certain point, things go corporate. Right. Real fast. Yeah. It does. And which is sad because the world sees that. And honestly, they have enough of that. Oh, there's dogs loose. Oh, it's a poodle. Hi there. Hi there. 